0: Are you aware of all of the signs of Jesus's imminent return? I mean, it seems obvious right now. We watch the news, and you just take a look at what's going on around us. I mean, it it, it is obvious that his return is like tomorrow. I don't know, Dad. I I, I must be failing because I don't watch the news. <laughs> so, what did Jesus mean? What yeah. does Jesus mean when he tells us to watch? Yes. and I think He's not that same watch I, the news is he no no well we'll get into this right, right here we'll get into this right here so yeah this is between the lines I'm Scott I'm junior you want to get started in verse 35
1: yes so it says verse 35 says be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks
0: that's exactly what we're talking about right here He's talking about himself so, when yeah, he comes back. Well, he's, he's saying that I am going to return. You should always be ready. Yeah. And even when he says watch, watch, because it could happen at any time. It's like I, my return is like a thief in the night. Yeah. The whole watching is watching ourselves. Yeah. It's not necessarily... So it's obsession
1: with prophecy or no, news. It's an obsession I, with myself and holiness, and am I ready for his return?
0: Yeah, and, and I'm okay with paying attention to some of these things that... I just I just think too many Christians get obsessed with this stuff when instead what he wants us to do is to be obsessed with watching ourselves and our relationship with him, making sure that when he does return, yeah. we're good with it because yeah. we're living in such a way that is honoring him. It's funny you bring this up because after I listen to Between the Lines every
1: morning, I switch over to a, a podcast called Open Line with Dr. Michael Radonik. Yeah. He talks about love prophecy that. quite a bit because people get very obsessed with mm-hmm. prophecy. And I loved one of his answers one time. Is he's like, can we just, first off, because somebody's pointing out all these things are happening today. And he goes, can I just say in the 70s, everybody's mm-hmm. pointing at, at news headlines saying, this is Jesus coming back. Like, let's just keep an eye on ourself yeah. and be ready for Jesus to return. And yeah. I, I love that Yeah, that's advice. great.
0: I, and I could tell you all kinds of things from the 70s and the 80s when I was yeah. a baby Christian. And I honestly, I got into it. I thought it was, wow, so much yeah. fun. And I think that's why people get into it. But no, it's harder, but more important that we pay attention to ourselves. That's right.
1: Verse 37 says, the servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit and eat. Mm. Is that saying Jesus will serve us? That's what he's saying. That's the first time I noticed that. That blows my mind.
0: Yeah. Wow. Which just goes to show.
1: He's done so much for us already. There's so, so much
0: more significance and greatness in serving other people than trying to be served. Yeah. Wow.
1: That's cool. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for
0: the Son of Man will come when least expected. And that's the whole point there, that people think that they know, and there have been so many books. I remember it goes back a long ways, I know, but 1988, you were a year old. There was this major best-selling book that came out called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. And then the guy had to write a follow-up in 1989, why it was going to happen that year instead. (laughs) And I don't know if you—do you remember? I think you were in Bible college back when the guy had those billboards. Yeah, all the billboards. Yeah. yeah, It just discredits
1: believers. Yep.
0: And Jesus' whole point is, you're not going to know. You're not going to know. So pay attention to yourself. That's
1: right. Well, Peter asks, Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, a faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant into pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. A servant who knows what the master wants but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. When someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Hmm. That verse always mm-hmm. sobers me up, Dad, because I feel like I've been given a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been raised in a Christian household, and uh, you know, here in the United States, I feel like I've you know, had everything given to me, and mm-hmm. i like, man, I better, I better um, be that servant who takes that investment and furthers the investment.
0: Yeah, I think all of us uh, who live here in, in America, in the West in general, but particularly here in the United States, where we... We just have so much, and and not just materialism, but we've got a lot that way. We we've been given a lot, but just the, our opportunity and, and our time and there's so much time on our hands. Yeah. We we think we're so super busy, but th- people that think that way it's because of choice. They they couldn't imagine living in a third world country where people don't have any choice. They just work from sun up to sundown just to keep themselves alive. We we've just been given so much, yeah. and we have responsibility yeah. to return that back into God's work.
1: Yeah. These uh, next couple of verses are verses you will never see on your grandma's doilies or <laughs> on a picture of a lamb or any of that. But these are pretty, I don't know if I can say it on a podcast, pretty B.A. words, if you yeah. ask
0: me. Yeah, he's pretty and uh, straightforward. Yeah,
1: so I'll let you read these, Dad, because I think I'm already halfway
0: through mine. I have come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already burning. <laughs> could you, I'm sorry. Could you imagine that just like as a quote hanging in your office? Maybe one of those medieval pictures of Jesus, you know, when he's real Femi in those <laughs> right. pictures. I mean, he was, Jesus wasn't, Jesus wasn't Femi, but they've no, got the right. pictures. That, yeah. And it's just this Femi soft Jesus yeah. with the words, I have come to set the world on fire. And I wish it were already <laughs> burning. I have a terrible baptism of suffering ahead of me and I am under a heavy burden until it is accomplished. Do you think I have come to bring peace the earth? No. Absolutely, right? Yeah. (laughs) That's what everybody says. Jesus brings peace. I have come to divide people against each other. From now on, families will be split apart, three in favor of me and two against, and two in favor and three against, because it is all about where you're at with him. Yeah. But our relationship with each other is only as good as our relationship is with God. And when we're at peace with God, that produces peace with others, particularly those who are also at peace with God. But in, in fact, when he says you know, I've come to set the world on fire. Wow. that mm-hmm. uh, And he has. Peter says that the world is going to be consumed with pyre, fire and be remade again mm-hmm. in the new heavens and new earth. And is that
1: why he says, and I wish it were already oh, burning I, I, because I, of what comes after?
0: I, th- I have no doubt at all, yeah. because ultimately that's where the peace is going to come in. Yeah. Verse 53 continues, talks about the division that will take place be- because of Jesus. Jesus will, uh, Father will be divided against Son, and Son against Father, and Mother against Daughter, and Daughter against Mother, and Father-in-law against Daughter-in-law, and Daughter-in-law against Mother-in-law. All this division and it's all based on what will you do with Jesus. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, when you see clouds beginning to form in the West, you say, here comes a shower, and you're right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher, and it is. You fools, you know how to interpret the weather signs of the earth and sky, but you don't know how to interpret the present times. Why can't you decide for yourselves what is right? When you're on the way to court with your accuser, try to settle the matter before you get there. (laughs) Good idea, huh? Hmm. Instead, we want to quickly say, I'm going to sue you. I'll see you in court, rather than just trying to get along and make it work. Otherwise, your accuser may drag you before the judge who will hand you over to an officer who will throw you into prison. And if that happens, you won't be free again until you have paid the very last penny. Of course, all of this is in the context of the judgment that is As well to come. And I think that the illustration here is that it's very important for us to get things settled with our God before He returns and before that time of judgment comes. And getting right with God is available to all of us right now. It's all based on Jesus. Mm -hmm. If we're willing to repent of our sin and we embrace Jesus, we're attached to Him, we receive His eternal life that He provided for us when He came back from the dead. And we can have that peace with God. But that's not going to come until. We come to that place of repentance and faith. Yep. And if you're listening now and you're just not sure, man, I, I I would stop everything. I'd pull a car over. I would I would stop. Whatever it is you're doing, I'd get on your knees and get that taken care of because there's nothing in the world more important than having that settled. That's right.
1: Well, we're in Proverbs chapter 23 is the proverb for
0: today, and we want to point out verse 13. Yeah, this is for moms and dads. Yes. Right. Not, an easy, not an easy one in our culture. No. Everybody wants to say, you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. Yep. But they're going against God's word. That's right.
1: It says, don't fail to discipline your children. The rod of punishment won't kill them.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> and in the older uh, NLT, it says, they won't die if you spank them. Yeah.
1: Well, the very next verse, it says, physical discipline may well save them from death.
0: And no. I believe that. I believe yes. that.
1: And to be fair, we're not talking about abuse. No. In
0: Which is a slightest. terrible problem. Absolutely. And if you're prone to being angry in your discipline, then you may best off just hold off. Yes. Um, I, I teach an entire class on this. Yeah. Which is funny. I, we, were, we were talking with our sound engineer. We got to get him a mic because yeah. he does a great job and he he's fun. got he's got a great personality and yep. he's, he's pretty funny.
1: Well, before we turned this on, you know, yeah. we had read the verse. He's like, I like that. It didn't kill me when
0: I was a kid. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. And I told him, I said, next time I see your parents, I'm going to thank them <laughs> because we love Jack. And a lot of that is because he was disciplined. Well, yeah. it's important. Moms and dads, and you may get fired up with me and mad at me about this, but I'm telling you, during those early formative years, ages two, three, and four, it's not a phase. It's the sin nature within them. And before you can effectively teach them the values that you want them to hold dear, you've got to establish yourself as being in charge.
1: And let me just say this too. This isn't for everybody who opposes spanking, but I will say that those who have pressed against me personally, uh, Mm -hmm. no, you shouldn't spank, you shouldn't spank. They will verbally abuse their kids. Yeah. Yell and scream at their kids, and they think, "Well, that's somehow better." Yep. I'm thinking, "No, my house is so much more peaceful. We don't spank a lot, mm-hmm. but we're not going to raise our voice. We'll so just do the spanking. Get over it. It's mm-hmm. almost like a cleansing thing. It's just like yeah. spanking's done. We're not going to drag this out. We're not going to keep raising our voice." And,
0: which is really the theme I bring in the parenting class: is that for for your mom and I, it was very important that our home would be a home of peace, that you would look forward to coming home to a place of tranquility. But we rooted out those things that destroyed tranquility, which is the open rebellion or defiance of yeah. young children, and we rooted that out very early on. Right, and it produced peace. Yeah. So yes, I totally agree with you. I, I don't. I hate yelling and screaming and all that. And I think that's far more abusive yeah. than what Proverbs calls you the rod of correction. Mm, that's right. So go spank discipline your children kids. today. That's the way to end the day. <laughs> With love. And we didn't even talk about the framing of love and all that. We could spend a whole session on just child training stuff. But I I love talking about that stuff because I think it's such a big deal. All
1: right. Well, make it a, a good Tuesday today. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.